1: Welcome to Callers International Third Quarter 2021 Quarter Investors Conference Call. Today's call is being recorded. Legal counsel requires us to advise that the discussion scheduled to take place today may contain forward looking statements that involve known and unknown risks and uncertainties. Actual results may be diff- may materially different from any future results. Performance or achievements com- contemplated in the forward looking statements. Additional information concerning factors that could cause actual results to materially differ from those in the forward-looking statements is contained in the company's annual information form as filed with the Canadian Securities Administrators and in the company's annual report on Form 40F as filed with the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission. As a reminder, today's call is being recorded. Today is November second, 2021, and at this time, for opening rem- remarks and introductions, I would like to turn the call over to glo- the Global Chairman and Chief Executive Officer, Mr. Jay Hennick. Please go ahead, sir.
2: Thank you, Operator. Good morning, and thanks for joining us for the third quarter conference call. As the, offer- uh, as the Operator mentioned, I'm Jay Hennick, Chairman and Chief Executive Officer of the Company, and with me today is Christian Mayer, Chief Financial Officer. As always, this call is being webcast and is available in the Investor Relations section of our website. A presentation slide deck is also there uh, to to accompany today's call. Earlier today, Collier's delivered strong results for the third quarter with continued momentum across all service lines. Here are some of the highlights. Investment management again generated strong results for the quarter, raised a record $4.9 billion in capital commitments so far this year, and finished the quarter with AUM, or assets under management, of more than $46 billion. Capital markets and leasing were both up significantly over the prior year, while our recurring outsource and advisory segment, including engineering and design, property and project management, and mortgage servicing and valuation also delivered solid internal growth. Given these strong results and the continued continued momentum we are seeing, we now expect Collier's to exceed the top end of the previously provided outlook, as you'll hear from Christian in just a few minutes. During the quarter, we released our Elevate the Built Environment Framework designed to embed ESG practices across our organization. We are implementing specific targets to reduce carbon emissions, and we have committed to net zero in our own operations by 2030. Expect more of our ESG efforts coming in the the upcoming quarters. Last week, Collier's formally announced its new Enterprise 25 growth strategy, setting out ambitious growth targets for 2025. Over the next five years, we will strive to double our profitability and generate more than 60% of our adjusted EBITDA from recurring services. As shareholders know, our five-year plans have always been an important roadmap for our company. If we're able to achieve our new enterprise 2025 growth plan, it will be very good news for shareholders. After quarter end, we announced two acquisitions and and Colliers Italy, both of which are expected to close by the end of the first quarter of 2022. And one of the largest investment management firms in Italy with more than 4 billion in AUM will augment our Collier's Global Investors platform, while Collier's Italy adds another market leader to our strong company-owned services business in Europe. And yesterday, we completed the previously announced acquisition of Bergman, which provides additional scale and further diversifies our rapidly growing engineering and design business. The bottom line is this. Colliers continues to seize opportunities and to think differently as we lead our company and our industry into the future. We are one of the top global players in the business with a global brand and platform second to none. And we have a highly diversified business model, diversified by revenue, by client, by asset class, and by geography. And we're also more resilient than ever with more than 50% of our revenues coming from higher value recurring revenue streams. With our proven track record of more than 26 years, unique enterprising culture, differentiated and diversified business model, and significant inside ownership, Colliers is better positioned than ever to continue to create value for its shareholders one step at a time. Now let me turn
3: things over to Christian for comment. Christian? Thank you, Jay. As announced earlier today, Colliers reported strong third quarter financial results. My comments follow the flow of the slides posted on the Investor Relations section of Colliers.com to accompany this call. Please note that the non-GAAP measures referenced on this call are as defined in the press release issued today. All references to revenue growth are expressed in local currency. Third quarter 2021 revenues were $1.02 billion, up 46% relative to the prior year period with continued momentum from earlier quarters. Revenues were up strongly across all service lines, particularly capital markets and investment management. Growth for the quarter was virtually all internally generated. Compared to 2019, Pre-pandemic levels, capital markets revenues were up 34% and leasing was up 8% with office leasing recovering to within 5% of 2019 levels. Our Q3 consolidated adjusted EBITDA was 124 million, up 32% from 92 million reported one year ago with margins at 12.1% versus 13.3% in the prior year quarter. Our margin was impacted by performance-based incentive compensation, the reinstatement of variable costs, and higher support staffing costs, all due to the strong rebound in transaction activity levels. America's Q3 revenues were, at, were 617 million, up 45% over the prior year period. Capital markets revenues were up 92%, driven by significant increases in industrial and multifamily sales transaction activity. Leasing revenues were up 34%, largely due to stronger industrial and office leasing activity across the region versus the prior year period. Office leasing activity showed steady improvement in Q3, although remained below pre-pandemic levels. Outsourcing and advisory revenues were up 24%, driven by strong internal growth in engineering and design, valuation, and mortgage services. Adjusted EBITDA for the region was $66 million, up 20% from last year, with the margin impacted by performance-based incentive compensation from strong year-over-year growth and operating results, the reinstatement of certain variable costs and higher support staffing costs. Third quarter EMEA revenues were $155 million, up 29% with strong revenue increases in each service line, particularly leasing and capital markets. Adjusted EBITDA for the region was $15 million, up from $8 million last year on higher revenues and continued savings from pandemic-related cost measures. In the Asia-Pacific region, third quarter revenues were $172 million, up 51% relative to the prior year period, with all service lines reporting robust growth led by capital markets and leasing. On a geographic basis, growth was led by Australia, New Zealand, and China. Adjusted EBITDA was 21 million compared to 13 million last year, with the increase attributable to operating leverage and continued cost management in light of the pandemic. Certain parts of Australia, New Zealand, and Japan were under pandemic stay-at-home orders during the quarter, which made our operating results all the more impressive. Investment management revenues were 78 million, up 87% versus the prior year period. After eliminating the impact of pass-through carried interest, revenues were up 50% driven by management fee growth. Assets under management were 46 billion at quarter end, up 27% from one year ago, and reflected another record quarter of fundraising following on the record capital commitments achieved in the first and second quarters. Adjusted EBITDA for the quarter was 28 million, up from 15 million generated in the prior year period, reflecting solid operating leverage on incremental management fee revenue. Our consolidated operating cash flow for the first nine months of 2021 was 211 million, However, adjusting for the non-recurring cash component of the LTIA settlement, cash flow was 370 almost triple the 104 million generated in the same period in 2020, cash was impacted by a combination of higher earnings and a reduction of working capital usage which was elevated during the pandemic last year. Capital expenditures for the nine months ended September 30, 2021, were 44 mil, million, a significant increase from the prior year, and reflected in investments in leaseholds in several markets, including certain markets where we deferred relocations and expansions during the pandemic. For the full year of 2021, we expect capex to be in the range of 55 to 60 million. Almost one third of this capex will be landlord-funded leasehold improvements reducing the net cash capital expenditures to approximately 40 million. Turning to our debt capital structure, our leverage ratio as defined as as net debt to pro forma adjusted EBITDA was 0.5 times at September 30, 2021. After quarter end, we issued 300 million in U.S. and Euro-denominated senior notes due 2031 and paid down our revolving credit facility in full. As a result, we now have well over 1 billion of liquidity available to fund future acquisitions and ongoing operations. In addition to this liquidity, our capital structure has low leverage, low borrowing rates, and laddered debt maturities extending to 2031. With all this in place, we believe we are perfectly positioned to execute on our Enterprise 25 growth plan. Given the strong results reported for Q3 and continued momentum, we're updating and increasing our financial outlook for the full year 2021. We now expect to exceed the top end of the previous outlook. We expect that adjusted EBITDA could be 40 to 45% above 2020 levels. The new outlook includes two months of the Bergman acquisition completed yesterday and is subject to the risks and uncertainties as outlined in the accompanying slides. That concludes my prepared remarks. I would now like to open the call for questions. Operator, can you please open the line?
1: Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, as a reminder to ask a question, you will need to press star then one on your telephone. To withdraw your question, press the pound key. Again, that's star one to ask the question. Please stand by while we compile the Q&A roster. Our first question comes from the line of Stephen McLeod with BMO Capital Markets. Your line is open.
2: Uh, thank you. Good morning, guys. Hey, Steve. Good
4: morning. Um, I just had a couple of questions that I wanted to uh, to follow up on, um, specifically around uh, operating costs. I mean, I know I know the operating costs came down a lot through the pandemic, and uh, previously, Christian, you've given numbers around uh, sort of where you are. On a run rate basis, can you talk about how many of those, how much of those costs have actually come back into the system?
3: Yes, Steve. I think the majority um, of the costs are back in the system, uh, particularly in the uh, in the Americas. Uh, as we saw, um, the uh, EMEA and Asia Pac regions uh, are still benefiting from uh, some of those operating cost reductions, um, and you can see that in the in the margins in the quarter. Um, yeah we've uh, we, we made uh, you know I think uh, a, a very uh, prudent um, uh, we've, we've managed very prudently over the past year and a half uh, and we're uh, trying to remain as uh, disciplined as possible in terms of returning uh, costs to the system um, as we as we um, uh, emerge from from the pandemic
4: great thanks that that's helpful
3: um,
4: and then the, my second question I just wanted to uh, is more high level here. You released your five-year plan last week, um, which uh, which is another, uh, another great uh, um, has a great five-year outlook. Uh, and I'm just wondering if you can talk a little bit about uh, sort of some of the key drivers that may 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 lead you to potentially outperform that five-year outlook, and uh, where you're seeing the majority of growth when you think about uh, doubling EBITDA over that time period.
2: Um, well, first of all, we think it's an ambitious plan over the next five years. And, uh, you know, we think it speaks for itself. Um, you, you know, Steve, you've been with us for a long time. We've done this two or three times in the past. And um, there's a lot of rigor that goes around the plan. And uh, we're uh, we're pleased that we're able to uh, issue it now. We would have normally issued it earlier given the pandemic. We... We slowed the ball down a little bit, but um, I think we have a very clear path on growing internally and and through acquisition. Uh, we are going to differently than in the past. We are going to uh, be more strategic around the additions uh, that we make to our business. Um, you know, focusing on more recurring and long duration revenue streams because we think that it enhances the uh, value of our overall company. We have not, um, and I think our peers are in the same boat, we have not been uh, uh, particularly pleased with uh, the market valuation of companies in our sector and believe that part of the reason for that is uh, the less uh, or lower level recurring revenue streams. And as you can see, over the past two years, ours has elevated considerably. And if we continue to do that, we're hoping that uh, in addition to driving great results operationally, we can also, uh, um, you know, attract a better valuation for a great global business with unlimited growth opportunities. We just see so many so many ways to grow this business and having a global platform uh, allows uh, allows us to do that uh, very well in the coming years.
4: that's that's great color thank, thank you, Jay. Um, and then maybe maybe just finally, um, with respect to the engineering and design business, you cited it as a good contributor to this year this quarter's america's um, uh, America's growth. And I'm just wondering what you're seeing in terms of uh, engagements in the pipeline in that business.
2: Um, You know, uh, pipelines have been uh, higher than prior year. Um, And uh, one of the benefits of continuing to grow the business uh, is that you add credibility, you add disciplines, you add additional service potential uh, to the business, so uh, we, we believe the addition of Bergman will open up some existing doors within the uh, Colliers Engineering and Design business, and vice versa. And so we're we're seeing uh, we're seeing uh, or expect to see the pipelines um, uh, grow for that reason but also with all of the stimulus discussions that you're reading about in the paper, um, uh, you know, virtually in every country, uh, in every budget, uh, we believe that we are gonna be a beneficiary of that uh, as we move forward. Great, Thank, thank you guys, that's it for me, thank you.
1: Thank you, our next question comes from the line of Stephen Sheldon with William Blair. Your line
3: is open. Hey, thanks. good morning. I guess just first, relative to what you were previously expecting with your guidance, what what have been the biggest
5: surprises on the way things have progressed over the last two to three months, especially across the different service lines and then also across the geographies? Uh, yeah, Stephen
3: we we have um, as you know, uh, pretty good visibility on the recurring uh, revenue side of our business, so uh, not. Any significant surprises there, but certainly, you know, on the transactional side, uh, we we have been um, continuing to see very strong capital markets activity uh, and a rebound in in uh, in, in leasing uh, activity. You know, industrial leasing, office leasing, uh, stronger than than expected. Um, you know, when, when we sat here three months ago, um, certainly. So those have been uh, very strong contributors uh, to our performance. Got it.
5: That's helpful. And then, I just wanted to ask about the the labor supply challenges out there. You know, is that a notable headwind as as you think about this quarter, or, or I guess could it become more of one as you think about the next few quarters? Would love to just get your thoughts on the,
6: that, that topic.
3: Yeah, it's definitely an issue that we are uh, noticing. <clears throat> um, you know, there there are more broad. Uh, economic and, and, I guess, demographic social trends um, post-pandemic that are happening. Uh, so there, there are uh, elevated levels of turnover um, across all sectors of the economy and in the professional services uh, sector as well, and, and that does affect uh, our employee base. Uh, we're managing uh, you know, as best we can uh, through that, um, but it has not um, had a material impact uh, on, our, on our business uh, to date. Although, you know, when you think about uh, some of our professionals, uh, you know, it's difficult to uh, recruit um, engineers and, and project managers and, and, and those types of, uh, of, of folks. So uh, one of our, the biggest factors constraining our growth will be, you know, the recruitment of those types of professionals uh, going forward um, because the, certainly as Jay mentioned, the pipelines are very strong and, and the business activity is, is going to be very strong. It's a matter of getting the, uh, the staff to, uh, to complete the, those assignments. Yeah. You know, I'd add something else,
2: uh, Stephen. Uh, you know, as you know, a lot of our business is performance-driven, and, uh, and our people are generally paid at the higher levels of, uh, you know, the compensation scale. Um, when you're in the business of janitorial and other markets like that, where you're a duty bound to provide a whole bunch of low level employees to a building, um, you know, it's a serious, there's a serious gap in, um, in providing those services. So I think we are, um, everybody's impacted, uh, but I think we are, our structure at Collier's and our focus on higher value services has really um, held us in good stead versus others who are, uh, uh, you know, are duty bound to be providing thousands and thousands and thousands of low level uh, employees build on the building side.
7: Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com wondersuite. That's bluehost.com wondersuite.
8: Ah, spring. Nothing like the world progressing towards summer to inspire your own progress. Sounds like progress, right? With Chime's secure credit card, you can start improving your credit scores right away. Get started today at chime.com slash build. That's chime.com slash build. Chime feels like progress. The Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card is issued by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. Out-of-network ATM withdrawal and OTC advance fees may apply. Terms and conditions apply. Go to chime.com slash disclosures for details.
5: Makes sense. Thank you.
1: Thank you. Our next question comes from the line of Daryl Young with TD Securities. Your line is open.
9: Good morning, guys. Um,
0: hey, just with respect to the five-year plan, uh, I'm just wondering if there's a focus embedded in there on returning to some of the gateway cities. I know you've, you've been somewhat over-indexed to the secondary markets historically, but just wondering if that's a, a core part of the, of the plan going forward.
2: Uh, you know, it always is. We do it market for market. Where do we have gaps? Where's their growth opportunities? Where can we top rate our people to, uh, to perhaps uh, generate better returns? And the other thing uh, that we're in er- the early stages of, and I think it's very exciting, is uh, cross-market opportunities and how do we best cover clients that are multi-market clients globally, uh, nationally regionally um, and we've made great progress there but I think we've got a lot of room to grow in our occupier services business in our capital markets in our debt capital markets uh, it's the same uh, it's the same groups of clients that are operating in the United States in Europe in in a variety of other markets and how best to cover those uh, those uh, uh, occupiers, how best to cover those investors in real estate is is an opportunity and uh, and a big gap for all all of the players in this industry and and we see a big opportunity there.
0: Okay, great. And then just thinking about the growth in that strategy, uh, you've historically had a really nicely balanced organic and M and A mix. Would you see more m and going forward, or, or m and uh, contributing a greater proportion of the growth in this next five-year plan than historical?
2: I think maybe that's a fair comment. Um, not materially different, but I think it is different. Um, you know, as as we've uh, grown and matured and become really global in our in our M&A activities. Uh, one of our competitive advantages is our great leadership teams around the world, and they are actively looking market for market to, to accelerate their own growth and meet their own five-year plans, and they're all heavily incentivized to do that, So um, more so than ever. So I think uh, M&A will play a bigger role in the execution of our five-year plan, yes.
0: Okay, perfect. And then one just last one on margins. Um, In the quarter, was there anything unique um, in terms of incentive rules or anything that that would have pushed margins down further, or or is this sort of more of the run rate uh, going forward now that all the the discretionary costs have come back, and then we would see kind of margins grind higher over the next
3: couple of years? Well, Daryl, our our incentive plans are based on year-over-year EBITDA growth, and uh, because of the low base from 2020 um the uh the accruals this year are elevated the plans haven't changed it's just the baseline is lower and the growth this year is higher um and you're seeing that uh in the uh in the results and, no and, and there were no bonuses paid last year to anyone in fact people took uh pay cuts last year when we were in the depths of the pandemic uh so um going forward uh those incentive uh, accruals in twenty twenty two will be less, uh, you know, as as things return to more, more normal growth conditions. Um, this year, we're just seeing, uh, you know, the, uh, um, the the impact of the of the elevated uh, level of, of growth uh, year over year. Gotcha, perfect. Thanks very much, guys. Congrats <laughs> on good results. Thanks.
1: Thank you. Our next question comes from the line of Frederick Bastin with Raymond James. Your line is open.
5: Hey, good morning, guys. Hey, Brett. Um, the EBITDA you generated uh, by investment management represented a step change over what, what we've seen in the past. Now, given your successes in fundraising and also the acquisition that you're hoping to close uh, early next year, how should we think about the segment's performance over the next four or five quarters?
2: Well, as as you probably know, it's all a function of capital raised, and, uh, you know, about half the business currently is open-ended funds, so there's very, very uh, great consistency quarter over quarter, depending upon how much money is deployed. And uh, as we raise additional opportunistic funds, um, uh, you know, it also drives the... Uh, the uh, the revenue and because it's a high margin business, the EBITDA up as well. So um, so I, I think uh, as long as uh, as we continue to raise uh, capital and we're, we're we're hitting new records for for the organization, it it it, it, uh, it bodes well for continued increases in revenue and EBITDA in that segment.
5: Okay, but if I just you know. Mm-hmm. Straight line the uh, the quarterly performance. You're now over hundred million bucks in EBITDA annually. Is that is that a fair kind of run rate that we should be thinking about with 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 added growth? Yeah, there is there is
3: one uh, one point I should make here, uh, Fred. Before I jump to that conclusion, and, and that is that we, we completed fundraising for uh, for one of our opportunistic funds, uh, Fund Eight, and, uh, during the quarter. Um, so w- when that happens, uh, there are uh, management fees that are earned going back to the first close, which, which was in Q4 of 2020. Um, so there was a, a very pronounced, uh, a more pronounced uh, amount of management fee earned in, in the third quarter because of that completion, the catch-up fees, and the completion of that fundraising activity. Um, so I think while the growth trajectory is going to be very strong, uh, I would not at this point, uh, you know, straight line out uh, your projections, uh the growth will occur
5: on a more on a more uh uh normalized slope. Okay. Awesome. Thanks yeah. for that clarification. Uh, switching gears to Collier's uh engineering and design, is the focus over the next five years to gain uh continued mass, critical mass in the US, or do you see this business potentially extending its footprint uh to other regions like
2: Um, y- yes, it's uh, it's very much a growth story. Uh, we have uh, great critical mass on the east coast of the U.S., so there's lots of opportunity in the U.S., but um, we believe that we uh, it fits beautifully within what we do at Collier's. Um, we are being approached by other engineering firms around the world that are intrigued by the unique partnership philosophy that we offer. And um, so I wouldn't be surprised over the five-year plan that you would see uh, engineering continue to accelerate its growth in other regions around the world under a a brand that's truly a global and institutionally recognized brand, which is becoming more and more
5: helpful with clients around the world. Great, thanks. Last one for me. Christian, can you repeat where you expect? To end the year in terms of EBITDA growth, I um, my line cut off when you said that.
3: Yeah, so we, we expect to exceed the top end of our previous outlook, and in terms of EBITDA, that could be in the forty to forty-five percent range relative to twenty twenty.
5: Okay, thanks for clarifying this. Thanks. That's all I have. Good quarter.
3: All right. Thanks, Brett. Thank
1: Thank you. Our next question comes from the line of George Dumet. With Scotiabank, your line is open.
6: Order. Um, I think last last call you you guys mentioned that office leasing was down 29% um, from pre-pandemic levels. Uh, Do you have a number as to where we are today? Maybe some color there, Jay, as to when you expect, or maybe even possibly see that number surpass pandemic levels at all, any color on that office category.
3: Yeah, George, I think if I, you're, you're, you're fading in and out a little bit on the call, but uh, I think if I hear your question right, you're asking about office leasing and, and yes, it was down significantly um, versus prior levels uh, in Q2. Um, in Q3, uh, office leasing had recovered to within 5% of 2019 uh, levels,
6: and it, if that answers your question. Yeah, thank you. And would you would you expect that to maybe uh, surpass those levels next year? Any, any thoughts there?
3: Well, we we, we certainly uh, are are, are, uh, are optimistic that that will occur. Um, you know, we don't know what the timing of that is going to be, but uh, certainly uh, next year is is, uh, is you know within um, within reason um, that we will uh, see the see the full rebound in office leasing around the world.
6: Okay thanks and and um, I think earlier you mentioned that operations operational costs were back in the Americas but but I believe prior to the pandemic um, there was a plan to to uh improve those margins in the Americas by 250 plus basis points so I'm just wondering how much of that is is left maybe uh, how much of that is baked into um, our our five year plan and anything you can provide on maybe timing there
3: yeah, George. As I mentioned, you know the the elevated o- operating costs in the third quarter are, are a function of the year-over-year uh, performance-based incentives um, that are 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 are, are very um, um, very strong, uh, very high th- this year, given the low base uh, last year. Um, as we look ahead for the next five years, uh, we certainly expect um, margin enhancement. Um, modest enhancement each year um, in the Americas uh, region. Uh, you know, as we uh, become uh, more efficient, as we execute on some of our
6: um, some of our operating plans. Okay, and just one last one, if I may. Looking at the five-year plan we have, um, what's baked in for organic revenue growth for the transactional business, um, excluding this year's recovery? So, just kind of wondering, maybe on a more normalized basis, so maybe from next year uh, onwards to 2024, uh, five. How should we think of that organic growth for, for that business line,
3: hey, George? It, it, it'll be in the, uh, the you know the low to mid single digits uh, range for for the uh, for, for the transactional uh, business, and that's consistent with where our expectations in our in our last five year plan. Certainly, we hope we can exceed that, but um, um, you know that's 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 the uh, the thinking in the plan.
6: Okay, great. Thanks for your answers. Emmanuel.
1: Thank you. As a reminder, ladies and gentlemen, that's star one to ask the question. Our next question comes from the line of Scott Fromson with CIBC. Your line is open.
9: Thank you, and good morning, gentlemen. Just wondering, are okay. you seeing market share gains in uh, any particular regions or business lines?
2: I think we're seeing market share gains all over the place, um, uh, you know, when we look at our peers results and we see market uh, comps, um, we're, we continue to uh, take share. Uh, our revenues are up significantly as you heard in, in, in most markets. Um, but in this business, it's always about uh, market for market and some markets that used to be strong. Are not as strong for a variety of reasons, and it's it's a it's a constant battle to top grade our professionals and to ensure that we get our our fair share and hopefully more. But I would say uh, market share continues to grow, uh, and brand um, the quality of the brand continues to get enhanced. Uh, we hear constantly uh, from clients that. Uh, uh, that they're that they're using Collier's more and more, uh, and I think uh, some of our more sophisticated service lines, investment management, our debt capital uh, operations have all helped to elevate the stature of the Colliers brand uh, in markets all around the world.
9: Does this also reflect the uh, composition of the, the buyers and sellers, or maybe in other words, are you seeing more activity from global investors
2: uh, global investors are way more active and um, and uh, the opportunity to take a, a Canadian global investor to a different market uh, is bigger today than ever before so capital flows uh, market for market uh, and it was sort of a A comment I made earlier today, we see it as a big opportunity, a big white space for us, and probably for most of our peers, uh, because I think capital flows today, market for market, are way more than ever before.
9: Thanks, Jay. I'll leave it there.
1: Thank you. Our next question comes from the line of Matt Logan with RBC Capital Markets. The line is open.
5: Thank
9: you, and good morning. Hey, uh, Jay, since this will be my last conference call, I'm wondering if you could humor me and talk about some of the lessons you've learned building successful companies over the past 25 years and how these lessons will help you achieve your ambitious 2025 targets.
6: Whoa, that's loaded. That's
2: loaded. Do you have an hour? you have an hour? <laughs> Um, look, Look! I think, I think it all comes down to culture. And one of the things that, um, that we've been able to uh, accomplish, uh, both in the other company, First Service and Collier's, is a unique operating culture that's very, very hard to, um, to replicate. And uh, we have exceptional teams of people Uh, In the case of Collier's, they're global, they're placed globally, they have compensation systems that uh, pay them handsomely for delivering handsome results, Um, and um, all of these types, and and, and our way of operating is very entrepreneurial, so it attracts the kinds of people that want to make a difference and don't just want to punch a clock and move the, uh, the chairs around on the Titanic. So I think, I think that it's culture more than anything else that makes the difference. And, um, you know, if I were buying, if I were in the, in the business of allocating capital to public companies, I think it all comes down to the culture and the ethos of a company and how they've delivered over a lot of years. And um, you know we're we're uh, very proud of our performance, uh, and 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 continue to believe that uh, that our culture will
9: sustain us over our five-year plan and beyond. Agreed. And turning to your recurring services, one thing that I don't think gets enough credit is the quality of your EBITDA. Can you remind us what the organic growth was for the outsourcing and advisory business in 2020 as well as the investment management segment? We'll get you those numbers right now. Or maybe maybe looking forward, how you expect the organic growth for outsourcing and the investment management will trend
3: over the next couple of years? Yeah, you, um, Matt, the, uh, the organic growth in, in the outsourcing advisory and, and IM business were in the high single digits. We don't have the number directly in front of us right now, but, but certainly uh, uh, strong organically uh, in, in, uh, in 2020. And uh, as it relates to enterprise 25, um, we have uh, high expectations uh, for those businesses, um, you know, high single digits uh, or, or better. Um, and due to a number of factors, um, you know, our engineering and design business uh, is a business that operates uh, in a sector where there are tremendous tailwinds for infrastructure spending and, and development. Um, our investment business uh, is very well situated, you know, with the, the fo- its focus on alternatives, uh, alternative assets, that is, and real assets, um, and that uh, we think uh, is it, going to translate into outsized uh, growth um, as well. Um, mortgage um, is, a, is an area we got into last year. It, it, again, high uh, opportunities there for, for for growth as we um, uh, uh, are successful in integrating it into uh, colliers and, and, and uh, uh, increasing the amount of uh, transaction flow that we're able to um, put through that uh, that that very strong multifamily uh, channel that, that we have. So um, you know, we feel very. In summer we feel very good about uh, the prospects uh, in our outsourcing and advisory and IM businesses um, for the next five years. Mm-hmm.
2: You, you know, just looking at outsourcing and advisory this year, mm-hmm. year-to-date, all internal growth, it's up 32%. Mm-hmm. That, that includes uh, uh, engineering and design acquisitions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But but even engineering and uh, the engineering acquisition was modest. It, you just did the, yeah. Bergman, the Bergman one. So yeah. anyway... It, it's, it's significant and uh, growing much faster than the other areas, but um, I'm glad you
9: pointed it out. Great color guys. Um, Jay, earlier you had mentioned, you know, Bergman opening doors. Can you talk about how Bergman and the interior and acquisitions are kind of a one plus one equals uh, three scenario? And, you know, how that relates to driving you know, cross-sell opportunities across the business. Well, they're really different.
2: Um, Bergman is in our engineering and design segment, and that is a business all about uh, uh, continuing to do more for clients. And if you have the credibility in one segment of, a, of an engineering practice, it's, a, it's often a great segue into offering more services. Um, and especially when when Colliers is also involved in the acquisition of the land, or in the uh, in the project management of a, of a project uh, surrounding the client around our various services helps. And Tyrion is really an addition uh, to our European investment management platform. Um, which we are trying to grow. It's a small business right now, obviously relative to Harrison Street. And um, this uh, this is an exceptional operator who we've known for many years because he is actually uh, uh, also the owner of Collier's Italy, the services business. And so we've watched him grow this business over the past 15 years, one step at a time and believe that this is a natural addition uh, to to our business and will only strengthen it so um, having relationships with multiple lps multiple investors um, and having probably most importantly a great track record of delivering returns to these investors all helps to uh, to um, uh, allow us to continue to raise additional capital as as real estate opportunities present themselves. And I would say uh, that uh, it's more competitive out there for real estate, traditional real estate asset opportunities uh, than ever before, but our teams are uh, up,
6: up for that.
9: And Maybe one last question for me before I turn it back.
3: You've got a lot of
9: white space uh, in your business. If there's one vertical that you're not in currently that you could see yourself entering over the next five years, what would that be?
2: Well, we have um, we 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 think we've got a full plate with our existing uh, verticals. We have so much runaway room everywhere. I think that in our five-year plan, uh, uh, you know, one assumption is that in year four or year five, we bring on another platform. We have some ideas around some that might make some sense for us, but that's well down the list right now. We just want to, we we like our balance of our business across the board, and what we really wanna do is continue to double and triple the size of these opportunities because we have great leadership in place We know how to integrate them well. We think we can buy them well. And our unique partnership philosophy helps us, I think, uh, uh, grow and find the right businesses better than most.
9: Thanks, Jay. Thanks, Christian. I will turn the call
3: back. Hey, Matt, uh, congratulations on your new role, and wish you all the best in the future. For Sure, Matt. You've done a great job for us. Thank you.
9: Appreciate it, guys.
2: Operator, are there any more questions? If there are no more questions, uh, we will uh, say thank you, everyone, for participating and look forward to uh, the next uh, conference call. Thank you.
0: The new Super Beats Shoes Advanced is now supercharged with CoQ10. Support your healthy CoQ10 levels and blood pressure with two chews a day. Visit RadioBeats, B-E-E-T-S dot com, and save 15% with promo code DEAL. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card.